0: Hello and welcome. This is Artist Unknown, a series of talks exploring objects and works of art from across the University of Cambridge collections, where the maker, as sometimes read on a label, is Artist Unknown. Why are they unknown? Is it important that we know? And how much can an object tell us about the person who made it? Today, we take to the Arctic waters with a short talk from the Polar Museum's Charlotte Connolly.
1: Hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm the Museum Curator at the Polar Museum, which means that I get to spend my days thinking about polar exploration and the history of science, which is my background. And today I'm going to be talking to you about some pieces of art from our collection. Think of a piece of coastline you know well, and think of its shape and how you might describe it to somebody. I know that when I do this, I immediately imagine a bird's eye view. I picture a simplified map and think about how I would describe the shape of the outline of the coast. However, this isn't the only way to describe geographical features. The recognition sketches featured in Artist Unknown are from a collection of 14 sketches of the coast of Spitsbergen, made on a whaling voyage in 1814 and 15. Rather than that familiar bird's eye view, they show a sailor's eye view of the coastline. Cliffs face towards the viewer, with jagged tops indicating the rising and falling height of the cliffs. And in the foreground, the sea is filled in in black to produce a clear contrast. While we don't know who the artist was for these particular images, we do know that whalers were expert navigators in the poorly mapped Arctic waters from the 15th century up until the whaling industry collapsed in the early 20th century. In the same collection as these sketches is a Mercator projection chart of Spitsbergen, exactly the kind of thing you would expect to see if you were imagining a map of the coast. It shows the usual top-down plan of the coastline and surrounding waters. One known example of a whaler who carried out extensive mapping was William Scoresby. He was a famous whaler. He surveyed and mapped large parts of the Greenland coastline, travelling further north than anybody else had in the 1820s. Shortly after publishing his Greenland charts, he retired from whaling and refashioned himself as a natural philosopher. Scoresby worked hard throughout his life to overcome the prejudice against him because he was a whaler, rather than a gentleman of science. His knowledge and expertise influenced the Royal Navy's decision to carry out extensive exploration of the Arctic, starting in 1818. However, Scoresby himself was prevented from leading any of the expeditions, despite being a practised ice navigator, as well as having excellent scientific credentials. While we know about Scoresby, there were thousands of others involved in the whaling industry whose knowledge and expertise were not recognised at all. There were other ways that whalers contributed to navigational knowledge. While formal naval expeditions that undertook mapping often named places after people they considered important, whalers often had more practical motivations. Place names used by whalers along the northern coast of Alaska in the 1840s, at a time when there was only rudimentary mapping of the area, include Bald Head, False Cape and Refuge Inlet, all quite practical in their way. Some of these were incorporated into later charts and maps, while others were forgotten over time, or only really persist in local nicknames for places. So, why do we know so little about the artist behind these recognition sketches? For the same reasons we know little about the other expertise and contributions made by whalers. Whaling was always an industrial activity, and a physically difficult, messy and unpleasant one at that. It was considered by many to be far lower status than the Royal Naval expeditions that sailed exactly the same waters, leading to the innovations and knowledge of whalers to be sidelined both at the time and in the historical record. Another example of something produced by whalers in our collection is scrimshaw. Now scrimshaw is pieces of bone or sometimes sperm whale teeth that's been engraved with a piece of artwork. It was produced by the material that whalers had to hand and it was generally produced in their downtime. So they might use a needle that was intended for mending ship sails or a knife that was around to engrave a pattern or a design or a picture in a tooth. Then some ink would be used to fill in the color. Some of these are absolutely exquisite artworks. Sometimes they're made freehand and other times they've been transferred from a piece of print. For example, a really beautiful picture in a newspaper. But what most of them have in common is that they're rarely signed. So, just like the other contributions made by whalers, it's very rare that we know who produced them.
0: Thanks, Charlotte, and thank you for listening, listener. This series of talks is born from a Kettle's Yard exhibition in collaboration with the University of Cambridge Museums titled Artist Unknown. It brings together works of art from across the university's collections from July to September 2019. If you're listening during that time period and a trip is possible, make sure to visit. Thanks for listening.